The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. You may have had a moment in life, and probably have, when suddenly your whole way of thinking about some issue changed. And in a sense, your whole life changed with it. It may have been something that was completely unseen. It may have been simply that something that had been causing you confusion or disruption or concern or anxiety suddenly was clarified in an instant, and you didn't do it. It just happened, so to speak. And as a result, your life was changed by it. As I said, it may be something that no one else would have noticed, at least at the moment, but you were aware of it. You might have thought it was just some sort of internal inclination. That's the way the Holy Spirit works, more often than not. Today's first reading was a dramatic reading. Pentecost, the beginning of the church. The coming of the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire. People speaking in different languages all at the same time. Once in a while, the Holy Spirit will do something dramatic. But generally speaking, the Holy Spirit works silently, underneath things. That's the way it was at the beginning, in the book of Genesis. It's really very beautiful when you read those first few verses from the first chapter of the book of of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we are told the Spirit was moving over the face of the water. It's interesting, that first, those first words. There's creation, and then there's chaos. The earth was waste and void. Where? Where did it come from, this chaos? Probably from the fall of the angels, but that's something we can stay for another time. And then God brings it all together through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a beautiful hymn that 
he puts that rather well. He said, Spirit of God on the waste and the darkness, hovering in power as creation began, drawing forth beauty from clay and from chaos, breathing God's life in the nostrils of man. And so it was in the beginning. And that spirit goes on through time. That's the one person of the Trinity we usually have trouble with, isn't it? Because we have no real human vision of that, of that person. Of course, God is pure spirit, but God reveals himself as father because we can understand that. And the word comes to us as son because we can understand that. But the Holy Spirit, this power that creates, brings into existence the church, and still is the soul of the church. I was speaking to Bishop Bridge the other day. We were talking about who might be the next Bishop of Raleigh. He said, well, of course, it's all in the hands of the Holy Spirit, and that's a good thing. I said, yes, it is. However, the Holy Spirit has set it up so that he has to work through us, and we're the ones who mess it up, not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that's how it works. Before the cardinals go into elect a pope, they sing the Veni Creator Spiritus, the hymn at Vespers for today, for evening prayer, calling down the Holy Spirit to guide them in their choice. The Holy Spirit works in us, too, again, as the soul of the church. Always through the church and to us as individuals. It's wonderful. We think often, however, that we're doing it, although sometimes we realize that we haven't. Something has been done by God by way of grace and the work of the Holy Spirit. Today's first reading, for, or gospel, for instance, we have uh, the disciples together, locked, for fear of the Jews, behind locked doors. Our Lord comes and says, peace be with you. Only a bishop can use that greeting, by the way. Um, the rest of us cannot. Uh, And he shows them his hands and his side to convince them that it is truly he. His wounds, once again, it's through his wounds that the Holy Spirit allows them to believe that it is he. And they rejoice. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, they are sent to do what he did. The Last Supper, he gave them through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to celebrate the Eucharist, to make him present in his body and blood. Now, he says... Notice what he does. He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. At the Chrism Mass on Holy Tuesday, the bishop breathes on the Chrism to impart the Holy Spirit to that oil. And he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Whose sins you retain are retained. So he gives them the power to forgive sins through the Holy Spirit. You notice at Mass, before the consecration, the priest stretches out his hands over the gifts and calls down the Holy Spirit so that the words of institution, they will become the body and blood of Christ. And so they do. And that's the way it is in all the sacraments. Like, again, the sacrament of reconciliation. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. It's through the Holy Spirit that, the, that Jesus Christ give, forgives our sins in the person of the priest, his priesthood. Uh, and that's how the Holy Spirit works with us, constantly, without us ever realizing it, or at least not always realizing it, unless we're open to realizing it. Well, most of the time we're not, even though the Holy Spirit is working. Uh, That can be often a rather difficult thing to understand. Uh, As I said, if we're looking for it, though, we will understand things differently. I once told this story. You may remember it. I think it's a beautiful example of the Holy Spirit changing things without changing them. I mentioned the story of the, a French 
literary figure who went to England to visit the atheistic poet Swinburne, a most unpleasant man. And the best of the worst of this is that neither is most to blame if you have forgotten my kisses and I've forgotten your name. Not the kind of man you want your daughter to bring home for dinner. Uh, But he said Swinburne took him into his library. And he said, this is where I wrote all of my atheistic poetry. Glory to man in the highest, for man is the greatest of all. And then he began, as almost all atheists do, to spew out venom against the church, his hatred for the Catholic church. Well, years went by. Swinburne died and went to look into the face of the God in whom he didn't believe. And the French literary figure came back again to the Swinburne mansion, which was now a convent of the nuns of the Sacred Heart. And there was a group of children outside getting ready to go in for benediction. And they went in, he went in and he said that the old library was now a chapel. And he was really quite amazed at this transformation. And then at the moment of benediction, he looked up, and the same window that had been there before was still there, with the initials of the original Swinburne, IHS. And he said, the Holy Spirit changes without changing things, and so the Holy Spirit can without us even realizing it sometimes. And on an everyday basis, too, by the way. Not just every now and then. The Holy Spirit is with us always. The Holy Father has said that a day shouldn't go by, they've all said this, without us at least offering a brief prayer to the Holy Spirit, however brief it might be. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Creator Spirit. Whatever. But So that we call the Holy Spirit into our lives every day to guide us as we move through life. Uh, you know, I'm, th- that sequence that we heard sung in Latin um, is something we might want to think about today. Now that we all have, have, almost all of us anyway, have cell phones and probably smartphones, you can probably get it on there in English. Uh, but I'd like to just... mention that, that sequence because I think it's such a powerful expression of our relationship to the Holy Spirit. He said, Come Holy Spirit, and from heaven, direct on man the rays of your light. Come Father of the poor, come giver of God's gifts, come light of men's hearts. Kindly, Paraclete, in your gracious visits to man's soul, you bring relief and consolation. If it is weary with toil, you bring it ease. In the heat of temptation, your grace cools it. If sorrowful, Your words console it. Light most blessed, shine on the hearts of your faithful, even into their darkest corners. Wash clean the sinful soul. Rain down your grace on the parched soul and heal the injured soul. Soften the hard heart 
Cherish and warm the ice-cold heart and give direction to the wayward. Give your seven holy gifts to your faithful, for their trust is in you. Give them reward for their virtuous acts. Give them a death that ensures salvation. Give them unending bliss. Amen. Alleluia. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people rejoicing in the coming of the Holy Spirit and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, she will continue to grow in grace and every day be a more visible sign of Christ's body in the midst of the world, especially the Church persecuted, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially those hostile to the Church, that through the power of the Holy Spirit they may truly be converted and come to know Jesus Christ and his Church, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, dying, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that through the power of the Holy Spirit they may realize the value of their sufferings. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and hope, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who, through the power of the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit, will become visible signs of that Spirit in our world. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our future bishop, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, and especially for the two, our two new priests who were ordained yesterday, Father Edison Urego and Father Jimmy McGee, that they may continue to grow in the grace that they have received and truly be visible signs of Christ's priesthood, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, and all those who were killed last night in the acts of terrorism in England, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we are open to that spirit, we may all be more perfectly transformed uh, and may grow in holiness and perfection, we pray to the Lord. Lord we now join our prayers to the spouse of the Holy Spirit as we sing. <laughs> 